We are now live. Uh, my name is James Ski, the CEO and founder of Sales Confidence. And this is our webinar on Sales 101, prospecting and selling like a pro SDR in this new world, which is very interesting. I'm delighted today that we've got two of our incredible partners, um, Shabri from SalesWorks and also Elaine from Venetrix. And joining us from our team today, we've got Sean Condrum, who is now responsible for memberships. Now, before we kick this off, I'd just like to give a little bit of an overview of how this is going to work today. Um, wherever you're logging in from around the world, thank you for putting some time aside. Super excited. Um, you know, it's amazing actually to have all four of us because we've all been on quite significant journeys over the last few years. And what's great is we've all understood how important the SDR role. And in fact, you know, sales confidence has been focused on elevating the sales profession, but I've never enjoyed more than how prevalent the SDR function is becoming, especially here in the UK. And if you're dialing in internationally, and we're excited about you being in the SDR role as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to cover a few topics today, things like prospecting, um, sales 101, thinking about how to maximize productivity, what can you do during this time if you've been furloughed, maybe you've been laid off, maybe you're just in between roles? How can you use that time to focus on personal development? So I'm going to ask each of our guests today to introduce themselves, and then I will kind of kick off the panel discussion. And we really want interactivity today. We've got a lot of energy, so can you be asking questions? Um, Coca Kilia, we've got Azana, we've got Tomash. Um, we've got Kevin. Start asking questions because we're going to bring you in in the conversation. Um, so thank you again for joining us. Let's get the show on the road. So Shabri, can you just give us an introduction of who you are, what your company does, and where you, why you care about the SDR? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, and I'm enjoying seeing all the uh, the energy in the chat so far. So um, like James said, I'm Shabri, uh, the founder and CEO of Salesworks. Um, Salesworks is a pure play SDR training and consultancy company. So we train um, hundreds and hundreds of SDRs from companies like Salesloft, Cognizant, Garmin. Um, and today I'm really excited um, to be talking to you um, about what this looks like in the new world. And um, I actually started my career as an SDR, so that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it. Um, I started when the SDR role was really different, um, and I think that it's an incredibly important role that deserves the right recognition, training, um, and, uh, and acknowledgement as well. So that's why I'm really excited about being here today. Thanks, Shabri. That's amazing. Thank you to have you. Elaine? Absolutely. So, hi, everybody. Uh, my name's Elaine Tyler. I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Venetrix. Uh, Venetrix is a specialist uh, graduate and early careers individuals assessment, placement and training organization. Uh, and we specifically specialize in placing SDRs into fast growth technology businesses. And we've been around for around about four years and work with 300 SaaS businesses across Europe and have placed around 800 people during this time. And, and I'm super passionate about SDRs because I spend all my time talking to them, all my time talking to companies about what they're hoping to achieve from having SDRs in their business, and then also supporting SDRs throughout their career as they start to grow in their skill set and move on to that next step. So uh, yeah, that's why I'm here today. Amazing. Um, and then the latest addition to the sales confidence business, the wonderful Sean Condren. Can you introduce yourself? 
Can. Thanks, James. Hi, everybody. Um, so, uh, yeah, James obviously um, brought me into the business at the back of, uh, of last month. Um, James and I are actually friends from way back. We went to Windsor Boys School together. Uh, we both had uh, similar-ish paths in terms of we both worked for a, a couple of uh, scale-up businesses in the tech scene in the UK. We've also worked for, for much larger um, tech companies. Um, I've worked for a couple of US businesses where I've been uh, an SDR mentor in one of my uh, second to last company at Seamless. I was actually um, ran and uh, sort of built and ran the SDR function for both the US and the UK from the London office. Um, for me, I, I really value that role partly because um, I was responsible for my own prospecting efforts seeing a company called Concur. Um, I really kind of learned the value of uh, of having that role just purely because we had very little in the way of marketing. Um, and that function is just vitally important in terms of actually driving a business in a direction you want to take it rather than just being simply reliant on people coming to you. Amazing. Um, you know, one of the great things about the SDR function is that you're right at the coalface and the SDR function more than any right now in business is probably really feeling the heat um, and feeling the challenges that are coming from um, this uh, difficult time that we're in. But, you know, we've all talked about it, you know, between Elaine, Shabri and myself, we run businesses. Um, we want to do more than survive. You know, we want to thrive through this. And I guess so, so does other people. Um, what can we suggest you know, at the Coalfest from a, a prospecting perspective, you know, what are your key tips from a prospecting perspective? Uh, and I'll start with Shabri in terms of any advice and tips that you have. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I think what's changed significantly from a prospecting perspective in the last few months is, um, like, is I think there's just been a huge pivot in terms of inbound and outbound. So I think a lot of companies have said, you know, their inbound has, has drastically reduced. So I think historically where people are looking at nurturing and having to, you know, have easier conversations with prospects, I think now we're going back to a situation where it's full outbound, we're having to uncover needs, you know, have colder conversations. And so I think that's, you know, I think that's one of the main tips is it doesn't mean that we go back to a spray and pray approach, right? It doesn't, I, I'm a big believer in that activity, increased activity doesn't drive output. And one of my pet hates is when sales leaders say, well, they need to be making more calls. I think that's rubbish, right? And so I think what we need to be careful of when prospecting is not move back to a spray and pay approach, but actually become more targeted, focus on industries that I think have been a little bit less bulletproof during this time, and just revisit the ideal customer profiles that you're looking at and your addressable market. I, I would I would really strongly advise it doesn't mean that you go out and target more organizations. Okay, on that, so you mentioned industries. Is there any particular industries or verticals where you still felt they've been quite buoyant or maybe they've benefited and that you can suggest? Because maybe some people in these calls have to shift their focus and they're literally figuring that out right now. Is there anything that you've seen from an industry focus perspective? I think anything that's making remote or virtual working easier, right? So any kind of tools or, or tech stack that helps that, right? Hop in what we're on right now is a great example. Um, gaming industries have done really well. Um, healthcare has also done, has also been quite um, sort of bulletproof. So I think those are some ones that, that spring to mind. I think anything that can make 
HR lives easier too, given what's going on and, and how complex the role of HR is right now. I think those are some immediate ones that spring to mind. Yeah, I would also add, um, you know, to HR, well-being is a big focus right now. So yeah. well-being focuses. I think um, AI, machine learning industries, um, anything where automation is taking place, that's a huge area. You've also got cyber security. That's not going anywhere. That's that's probably increased um, more of a focus. I think the place that we play in terms of marketing and sales tools, because everyone wants to drive leads and everyone still needs to sell. So sales technologies and also marketing technology stack. So I guess same question to you, Elaine, around prospecting mm -hmm. tips. Um, mm -hmm. And also then if you can highlight any industries of focus where because you're at the you're at the right front end here, you're figuring out where people are ready to hire. So any learnings would be great. Yeah, certainly. So I think all of those industries that I've just mentioned, and then for um, us, we've seen quite a lot of activity in financial and fintech organisations as well. So organisations associated with either uh, money transfer or making sure that those processes are secure. Cybersecurity is also, uh, there's been quite a lot of activity there as well. So I think that those are some good industries to check out. Um, in terms of like prospecting in a pandemic, um, I think obviously the key is suddenly face sat in your bedroom somewhere away from your colleagues is to obviously, first of all, not panic and try and get in order your processes, the message that you're trying to communicate to other people and the people that you're specifically looking to target. Um, obviously, you mentioned in the title uh, that we're talking today about prospecting like a pro. Um, and we know when I think about professionals and having a, prof a professional mindset, I think that pros know that they're always learning and haven't uh, got it nailed. So it's a great time to potentially revisit your original script and have a look at how maybe that has evolved from when you first started prospecting organizations to perhaps, as Shabri mentioned, when you've been working in a more buoyant market with inbound leads and perhaps some of those pieces around how you originally hung your uh, questions and phrases and objection handling together maybe has evolved. So when you look back in the basics, how did you have some really great content there that would actually really work, work well for you in a tougher market? I think obviously pros know that they're only human. So uh, when you are prospecting in a challenging market, having a look at the calls that you make and thinking about how successful they were and what you could have done differently, um, you know, with the new objections that you might be facing will be um, really important. I think pros are always really hungry for feedback as well. So if you get the opportunity to um, potentially record in some way a conversation that you have with a potential client, um, a potential prospect, and ask for feedback from other people in your team, your manager, etc. I think that's what's really going to line you up for key success in your market right now. Amazing. That's excellent tips. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Sean, obviously at Sales Confidence, while you know we have a network of people, you know, we're aggressive on outbound. So how have you got the SDR team focused right now? Um, what's the structure of, of the team and what where are you seeing success in terms of the activities and actions that people are taking? Obviously, people won't know this, but for context, um, I've actually come in specifically to run the membership platform and organization for sales confidence. So one of the initial things that we've done, and James and I were talking about this in, in the lead up, the month lead up to me actually joining was actually separating out teams to be focused against specific um, business lines that we're going after. So we obviously have a like a generic practice across the SDR team, but we've got um, kind of four people focused on very specific, specific things. 
for me, one of the things that I'm really big on, and it's kind of linked with stuff that both Shabri and Elaine have said, which is about um, being uh, very focused on building around demand. So I've come into a new role, and I guess for other people that are kind of moving or starting something new themselves at the moment, um, you obviously want to try to learn how to kind of hit the ground running as quickly as possible. And for me, that really hinges on actually going and learning directly from your client base and being able to speak in the language of the people that you want to sell to. So the first thing that I did before I did any prospecting here was I actually wrote to a load of our existing members on the platform to understand why they signed up, what value they've recognized, and importantly, where we have failed and what we need to do in order to do better. And that in itself is so it's slightly different from a management perspective because that's actually helped being fed in to help shape the product and the offering. But that in itself filters down to everything that we also do at a ground level. But you can take that that same concept. Um, and I would I would do a kind of a Shabri said, it's not about necessarily ramping up your effort because things have changed. It's about scaling back, understanding where you now have value in a slightly changed world, and then scaling up and automating that stuff with tools when it's appropriate. Right. Uh, if if I can give you then the industry thing as well, and this so um if it's all right to do a slightly shameless plug. So I actually run uh, another business outside of sales confidence um, called Explore More. So um, that originally was set up as a way to kind of help people explore history and culture in places that they visit. So like, our vision was to build something akin to Pokemon Go for history. Um, as you can imagine, over the course of the last couple of months, um, travel has obviously taken a massive dent. So we've actually seen a spike in demand for people coming to us to help set up digital tours um, in different cities around the country. So like tourism, I know is a very broad subject uh, or, or industry, but for that, for me, that, that's where I've also seen, um, seen some uptick in, in interest. Interesting. So, you know, there's a good broad of, of focuses. I'm just going to shout out to a couple of people. Um, we've got Thomas, um, Fernandez, uh, Coquilla's coming in with some questions. Kevin, uh, who else? Harry Potter's sorted out his um, sound issues. Azana, that's great. So uh, let me just come in with a couple of questions. Um, right now, what would you say? Are you a thumbs up? And let's physically do it, actually. Let's get interactive. Mm -hmm. Or thumbs down on video prospecting? So is it a thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, <laughs> we got a debate here. So, sure. um, why, why are you not sure, Shawnee, on video prospecting right now? I've just so personally, I've never actually done it, um, and I know this is probably going to cause a bit of a ruckus. Um, for Can we take this offline, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know um, some people have obviously looked at this, and if it works in terms of there is definite data-driven evidence that it it results in an uptick, then it's great. Um, I think for me, one of the things I'm um, cautious of is if we use it, and I don't mean like us specifically, but if it's used across the board as a way to just send out blanket messages via video, then are you arguably just doing the same thing that you could have been doing by sending a written message? Um, so I, I'm not against the idea. I think for me, I just um, I always want to make sure... I, I'll be led by the evidence, basically. Um, but if if you spend a lot of time writing, uh, <laughs> if you spend loads of time doing personalised videos and it doesn't, there's no evidence for it resulting in an uptick. You could have probably just actually upped your upped your activity elsewhere. 
Yeah, look, I would add to that. Like, I've seen a lot of Drift video, Vidyard, um, most of the sales tech tools like Sales Loft, Outreach, Vanilla Soft, they all have a video capability. I think if you're doing video and you're not doing, and this leads in nicely to cadences, if you're not sending um, email and you're still not picking up the phone, like, I'm not convinced, like, it's the sole driver of pipeline generation. Like, for me, it's another touch point that has to be designed into your cadence. And I do believe in it. And I think it adds to it. But if you're not someone that's doing enough activity on the front end with email or, in our case, the phone, I don't think it can replace it. What do you think, Shabri? I agree with you. So I'm a big fan of video. And I the reason I think that is because I think there's nothing that replaces someone seeing the whites of your eyes and face to face. And um, I think it adds that person. We will talk about personalization a lot, but I think that that does add that personalized touch to it. I think you've got to be quite conscious of doing it at scale because it can take quite a long time. So I think it's important to understand where does video slot in best. Um, and I've seen some comments on the, the chat that, you know, Paul Garner's, you've mentioned that, you know, it depends on your buyer. And I think that's right, right? So I think I, you know, depends where your buyer wants to be contacted. Um, we've got a client who sells interoperability healthcare software. So they're selling to people in hospitals who aren't on LinkedIn, right? So you don't, you don't contact them on LinkedIn. So contact your buyer where they want to be contacted, which goes to the email LinkedIn conversation, but also how. I, the reason I like video is I think it cuts through the noise. I think there's a lot of noise out there. I mean, all of us probably receive like close to hundreds of LinkedIn messages and emails a week being sold to, right? So you need to think about how you want to cut through the noise. I think that's, that's the objective for me of video. Um, what's your view, Elaine? Yeah, so I think it, it has a place as part of like an omni-channel strategy that is prospecting. That includes all of the, the different ways that you can get in touch with the decision maker. I think what's really key about it is that if you're going to use it, you need to use it well. So again, making sure that what you say has a clear point to it, focused around the potential benefits and that you deliver it in a setting uh, and with an energy that's actually going to engage the prospect. And sometimes that can be difficult to see yourself. So again, like making sure that you've shown what the type of content that you're producing to other people in your team and making sure that they've given it the seal of approval, that it actually um, succinctly communicates the message that you're trying to, uh, to put across. Uh, whilst you're so caught up with the subject matter, sometimes potentially that can get lost. I tell you what's really interesting that we've done um, in the new virtual assessment of candidates is we've introduced a step with some of our clients where we actually ask the candidates to put a video prospecting video um, uh, piece together as part of their assessment to decide whether a company might think that they're going to be a good um, uh, new team member. And they have served a big um, purpose in getting the right candidates hired because then they've, uh, we've been allowed to see people's energy enthusiasm when they're actually engaging with what the solution does and, and how they would actually deliver that to clients. So that's been really interesting too. We've used it as a recruitment tool. Can I add sure. one more thing to that as well, James, if that's okay? So um, Kakila has, has made a comment on, on the chat about uh, needing a menu of approaches. And I think that that's really the, the kind of main point for me is that all of these things are about trying to lead you into an actual phone conversation you're not going to close business with a video or an email. It's all about just having a mix of things that work in order to ultimately get somebody onto the phone so that you can have that conversation. Um, great question. As we're talking about prospecting, and I quite like this one from Kevin, um, going around each of you, if you can think back to recent times, when has someone actually managed to get your attention and got you on the phone? 
So have you got an example where absolutely they cut through and you're like, wow, that was really good. Um, I'm going to pick up the phone. And have you got any context around that? Um, it was a really good video the other day. <laughs> there you go, mate. Um, go on. Who's going to go, Shabri? So I'm trying to I'm trying to think back to messages. I'm, I might not have ended up purchasing, but I've definitely had an initial conversation. Um, I think the first step usually is a personalised connection request on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, th by the way, I, I think that when you, if you're prospecting and you send a blank connection request to someone on LinkedIn, I think that approach needs to be revisited. Um, someone made the analogy recently, which I loved, is you'd never go up to someone in the bar and not say anything, right? It's exactly the same thing. So, so, so add some context to that, build intrigue, and then, and then, uh, you know, send a um, a, a non-pushy introductory message. And I, I think that that's usually a good approach. I don't respond well to the phone um, being called, called off guard. Um, and that's just typically, I think we're all busy people. So I'm typically time poor. So if I get called off guard, I'm not really going to give the situation um, like enough, enough time. Um, and video, to agree with Sean, um, someone once recently sent me a personalized video um, and I watched the whole thing and I responded and I, and I took a meeting. Elaine? And um, so for me, I mean, lots of people call me all the time, um, but I think that actually the people who almost sell themselves to me the most are in fact candidates. And I think that it's a, you know, everybody's applied for a job, uh, I assume, who's joined us on the call today at some point. So it's very similar to prospecting, isn't it? You kind of put a potential message out there, i.e. sending your CV to a job application. And I've had hundreds of people do that. But then the difference is, is the people who then add some new layers into into that have managed to capture my attention. And, you know, maybe different to Shabri, I am easily seduced on the phone. So call me if you want to sell me something and I'll definitely listen if you've got some good tips <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, the people have got through to me, um, I generally purposely ignore all my calls, ignore all my emails, LinkedIn, and this is customers, they probably know that. I'm not the easiest to get hold of, unfortunately. <laughs> but I generally, what I respect from people is that I know that they followed up because I see the message, right? I see that they've linked in me. I see the email. I see the text message. But I genuinely respect someone that keeps coming at me. And yeah. even if they're not good, right for me, eventually I will tell them to go away. But I, I respect that. So for me, that's where I think having a focused target account list. We work here with a top 100 target list. We prioritize it A, B, and C, top 20 are A, the next 30 are B, and then the following are C. And we're relentless in those A's and B's. Like we're touching all the key decision makers. We're hitting them with our cadences. We're hitting them with video. We're hitting them with phone. We're doing audio voice notes. I think audio voice notes on LinkedIn are well underrated mm -hmm. because I think it's such a surprise for people to get them still. Um, and the other thing about video, everybody on this call, except Sean, and he's only been here a couple of weeks, so he's going to get better. Uh, I've got really good in the last 12 months at video on LinkedIn. And I will have to say, like, why I like that is because it doesn't matter how long and how often we keep banging on about video in the LinkedIn feed. People are never going to do it. So I just I just feel that that's a differentiator. Even if you feel like a Wally, the fact that you do it, you'll get more comfortable doing it along the way so guys we're we're whittling through this oh go on elaine you've got something to add well just saying like great point there from paul garner in the chat because we talked a lot about channel and i can see that the chat is very focused around is it better linkedin email or video 
And from Paul Garner, they said, you know, it's, it's about the relevance, really, of the message, isn't it? And making sure that it's getting through to the right decision maker at the right time, talking about something. And then it doesn't really matter if it's potentially a LinkedIn or an email, the right message will get a response. Um, just a, just a uh, shout out, like Harry Porter for LinkedIn, I have better response rate during non-business hours. Agreed. Right. Mm-hmm. And that for me, it, it, like we had a conversation this morning. Um, we, we've just got into our Q2. Um, we've got free SDRs in the business. It's like dig deep. Dig deep means our very first kickoff call is every morning at 8 a.m. And we were just laughing about some businesses that will remain nameless. But and people might challenge this. And maybe I'm old school. I'm 33. So I can't be that old school. But frankly, you've got to go and do the extra mile. And more than ever, if you don't, if you think you can clock out at 5 p.m., sit on your ass and watch uh, Netflix and um, go and hang out with your buddies at social distancing in the park, when this all opens up or before you know it, you are going to be underperforming. And so I don't know if anyone's got a debate on that, but I still believe hard work plus all the advice we're, we're, we're adding in stands out. So good shout out. Um, from Harry. Katie, she's telling us it makes sense. Thank you, Katie Brookfield. Um, Michael thinks social selling is going on really well. So just to let you know, guys, we are going to go into networking in about seven minutes. And that's just so we can get to know everybody. And there's still 55 people on this. Um, I just want to jump ahead a little bit, guys, with seven minutes to go. Um, And maybe we can combine this question here. It's a combination of thinking about rep productivity, and also accelerated ramp time. So some people here will be moving into a new role or hoping to get into a new role, or maybe they're in their new role. What tips and advice have you got? Um, And Shabri, um, let's start with you. So ramp up time. Um, I think companies largely are doing a good job at doing remote onboarding. Um, however, I think that it's really important that at the start of your journey, you set, you set a plan with your manager. So you understand what is it they're going to do? What, are, what is it that you're going to do together? But also what are the things that you're accountable for yourself? And I think that I'm breaking it down into like four different areas. So I think first, you know, understanding what you're going to do to, to understand your industry, then product, then sales skills, which I think gets overlooked quite often. And then lastly, sort of systems and processes. So I, I would break it down and sort of go through that with, with your manager. Right now, we're really fortunate that there is tons of content out there to help with sales skills, right? Whether it's um, webinars, whether it's e-learnings, whether it's, you know, sort of speaking to, to, to sales training companies. There is just so much content out there right now. So my advice is just be intellectually curious. Don't wait for your company or your manager to sort of spoon feed you with everything. Use this downtime, like James said, you know, instead of going to the park at 5 p.m., think about, you know, allocate these kind of personal development hours and use that time for your own research um, and sort of take your own uh, initiative and accountability on that. Elaine, what do you have to add? Thanks, Shabri. Um, so basically, obviously, the ramp up period is a, a, um, a, is, a, is, a, is associated with being an inexperienced person in the business. So actually putting your activity in and driving it as many pieces of activity as possible, as quickly as possible, is going to bridge that experience gap because you're going to have had more things go wrong, more fail points, more points where it didn't work. That's going to allow you to reflect more quickly. So, you know, specifically, if you're brought on board at the same time as another SDR, um, you know, it's an 
a it's a you know an old adage but basically that person who makes that one extra call at the end of the day does end up being the more successful person um so i'm probably talking more like 20 pieces of activity in this case in order to get ahead and think right what does work what doesn't work what does work for me as well as my clients on the phone you'd be able to refine your process more quickly and then ultimately drive it results more quickly just to add that one of the things that we notice through some of the junior people in the team and i think um, this is really important because of this remote working, there's less chance of like bumping to someone in product or hanging out with a developer or hanging out with a manager that you you never have access to. But you might see like this is the perfect time to be going around your organization, having phone calls or Zoom calls or Google Hangouts, whatever, to learn more. I always knew that the the people that knew best how to sell these products in SaaS was the product people. Why? Because they're problem solution led. They understand the problem that's being built. So if you literally go and ask people in product, it doesn't matter if they're in the US, Tel Aviv, South Africa, Singapore, get around your business and be having additional conversations to learn. Because like you can stack up these meetings and you can do that. Um, what have you got to add? Maybe you can talk a little bit about how people are investing in their development, Sean, and what our members are doing, Plug. So, I mean, I was actually going to add, um, so I agree with the points that both Shabri and Elaine made. Um, I think that the extra thing that I would add, um, something I've really tried to do myself in the last few years is, um, and this probably seems very simple, is actually just taking lessons from people that have been there and done it. So there's very often the, added, the adage that like hindsight is a wonderful science. Um, don't wait for it. I would actually just go and take lessons from people that are either the most senior, most successful, long-standing employees in that business and get them to critique your approach. So uh, I had a really great comment yesterday from um, one of the existing members on the platform where he said that the reason why he signed up to be a member with Sales Confidence was for the community, the coaching and the mentoring. So he did. A, he really invested in personal development, goes and seeks out a lot of content, reads a lot of books. But he said, you know, a book is not going to question you. A book is not going to challenge you on how you're operationalizing the information that you're, that you're taking in from that content. So it's also drawn on the experience from people that have done there and actually so been there, done it, and actually got more experience of operationalizing that information. Yeah, that's great advice. I, I think I like Shabri's coining of, you know, a business development hour time i think at the end of the day the flexibility you have right now is amazing you literally choose when you get up obviously you choose when you get up out of bed but you know your commute is from your bedroom to some of you it's your bedroom or it's your garage or it's your little office or it's you know little auntie's room at the back of the house right so the fact is there is more time to commit to personal development work harder and still go watch netflix right you can do it all it's like a dream but you have to set that time aside and there are solutions out there and you can speak to sean and the team about the membership um so just now wary of time because it'd be good to have 10 minutes for networking so what we're going to do in a minute where you saw reception stage networking we're going to move on to networking um, in a couple of minutes um I mean, we could talk all day and you can find Shabri, Shabri, Elaine and Sean, add them on LinkedIn. Um, Shabri's resources at SalesWorks. Elaine's doing a lot of work with her Venetrix network. And obviously you've heard from Sean and myself about the sales confidence membership. So do connect with us on LinkedIn um, and you can learn more. Um, we, we've also got some questions here uh, around like um, 
what I would call, you know, just some of the sales mindset basics. You know, how do you frame your mindset when it's all, um, you know, feeling difficult around you? Um, Elaine, you've already touched on patience, mm -hmm. not panicking. So, guys, can I just ask you to use this as your final parting point as well um, and focusing it on um, mindset or, or whatever, whatever else you want to share? Yeah, I was just, I was just writing to Katie, actually, as we were talking about this, this a little bit in the, in the comments. Um, so basically, don't let things get out of control in your mind. So understand that everybody is uh, experiencing a global pandemic and like you're not in this alone. And some of the things that might be happening to you right now in your career and your life are not your fault. And um, so understand which parts of this you can control and which parts you can't so that it doesn't become like a, a negative dialogue in your mind. Um, and then from there, if it is difficult for you to do your job on a day-to-day -day basis exactly as you would have before, then perhaps a great thing to do would be to set gold, silver, bronze goals, goals instead. So that the whole kind of idea around whether you are successful uh, or confident um, isn't based around just achieving that goal, because maybe those goals are more difficult to find and therefore to kind of feed your um, self-esteem belief that you can deliver your objectives you might need to have those little markers on the way that show that you're pointing yourself in the right direction i.e a number of prospects connected with on a day-to-day -day basis i.e um, you know producing a blog per week that's going to help you in the future to be able to resonate uh, further with uh, potential prospects or clients um, that. so that can help breaking it down a little bit so that it doesn't seem like this you know ginormous task in terms of managing your mindset and positivity and that there could be little markers along the way. Thank you, Elaine. Sean, what's your parting thoughts or advice? Yeah, so I'd actually noted some stuff for this before, and it's kind of similar to Elaine um, in terms of just setting setting mini goals on a daily basis. Um, I think one of the things we're definitely, I've either shifted or we're, we're quite good at, at sales confidence at least, is just blocking time out to do specific things. So if you've planned your day, make sure you've just got a clear set of things that you're aiming to achieve. And just make sure you're you're super disciplined in terms of not allowing certain things to distract you. Obviously, your role is activity based, activity focused. Um, so just don't allow certain distractions during the course of the day. Make sure you actually get through that activity. Um, the other thing as well, I think it kind of goes without saying everybody's experiencing some sort of difficulty in one way or another in terms of the current climate. Um, just personally, like I've actually taken to just taking more regular breaks during the course of a day. I'm spending a lot of time either on um, kind of internal conference calls or with a headset wrapped around my my ears. Um, so, yeah, I'm just taking small and more regular breaks um, and just make sure you're actually doing stuff to detach at the end of each day. Um, whatever it is that you're kind of personally enthusiastic about um outside of work i would just make sure you're actually doing stuff to to make sure your 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 time is not fully drained um thank you. you actually get a break thank you sean um we're definitely going to take our uh, offline breaks and the use of video cheers mate <laughs> <laughs> uh shabri what's your parting thought um i think sean and elaine have, have done a great job i think you know one thing i would just recommend is you know we talked about working hard and agree um but don't do it at the risk of your mental health and i think now is a difficult time where people haven't seen their families haven't seen friends and i think um i think you know make sure that when we talk about working hard you guys are are balancing that with um with sort of your own personal downtime as well yeah that's great advice and you know i um like this has been 
very difficult um, time as a as a as a founder um, for me personally, and someone that's driven to succeed and win. And the realization I've had, and I've repeated this a few times, but the 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 goalposts have moved, and it's not my fault. It's not our fault. You know, um, the world has changed, and for the short term, the expectations you might have on yourself need to adjust because you may not be able to overachieve this year. You may not even be able to hit target. And your goal, your gold medal, as long as you're communicating this to your AE and your sales leader, is 75% performance. Um, and then you have to work out how long you can sustain that. But I just know you just have to readjust your standards, and I'm still trying to figure out how to do that, um, particularly because we're high performance and we want to win. This has been incredible. It's great to have these leaders on this call today. Um, do connect with Shabri and Elaine. We're going to send out an email around. I'm sure they'll be in contact with you as well. Um, also connect with Sean. This has been Sales 101, prospecting and selling like a pro in the new world. We've shared some nuggets. We've shared some gold. And now if you want to go networking, you can have one-to-one -one conversations with us. So if you want to move to the networking, so there's a networking like it's two hands like that, mm -hmm. click on that and then just have a conversation, connect with people, say hi, ask questions. Um, but thanks very much for listening. We've got five minutes to ask questions. See how many you can talk to and have fun for the rest of the day. Thank you. Cheers, Thank Shabri. You. Cheers, Elaine. Cheers, Sean. Thank you. Bye. Let's go network.